0: 27.4 Investment Managers and that is Akona Mlamlele. Akona, good evening to you and welcome.
1: Good evening to yourself, Ayabonga, and
0: to the listeners this evening. How are you? No, I'm good. Thank you
1: very much. Good, thank you much for having
0: me. good, good, good. Let's start off there with a the home choice. I was saying to Andile earlier on, yeah, 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 they've undergone a significant transformation from, mm-hmm. uh, you know, duvet sales via network marketing right through to a massive fintech play. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean... You seldom see a number like this, revenue f- up 4%, uh, but operating profit just shy of 30%. Something's happening on the cost side of things. I don't seem to understand what.
1: Yeah, so um, home choice uh, um, slightly mm. um, by 4% um, to approximately $1.8 billion to the end of June, um, but operating profits um, grew by 29.5%. Um, so home choice... Um, which is very much a, a JSC small mid cap company, um, currently valued um, just under $3 billion, um, has been obviously um, targeting mostly the lower LSM market. Um, so it obviously does uh, supply products to um, the lower LSA market, such as appliances, um, to their call centers, and also direct marketing. Uh, but I think what has um, transitioned the business, as you were indicating um, earlier on, was that they've very much transitioned their business model to be more digital. So, um, in terms of the digital operating model, it's um, mm. continued to advance, um, having made acquisitions earlier this year. And um, them reporting um, the numbers today indicating just under um, 75% of the group's transactions are digital. Um, this is from uh, 58% um, in the prior period. Um, so, they are trying to tap into this market and also try to capture the unsecured lending market market. Um, obviously take away some market share away from um big market players such as your here on this space. Um so in terms of the, the divisions, um the fintech business, um this particular operation saw um operating profit jump to between eight point nine percent. And also the firm did indicate that um digital sales unfortunately um only contributed and stood at about thirty percent. Um however they did see um a lot of um Decrease, particularly in terms of the number of credits that they were giving to some of their, um, some of their obviously consumers. So that could have obviously affected that number that you were speaking of earlier on. Um, so the the business on the FinTech are continues to expand and grow. Um, I think earlier on in this year, particularly in Feb, um, when they announced that. That board of 85% stake in K just now, um, which is obviously quite an interesting acquisition. Um, so that is very much interesting, and that has obviously contributed quite significantly and also handsomely, obviously, to the um, Home Choice um, International's um, portfolio. Mm.
0: And 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 I guess when, when one looks at Home Choice, I mean, if you sort of channeling via your retail channel, 30% of your sales on digital platforms, um, it shows one of two things. The one is that you're no longer just selling Devey and, you know, I guess, linen and so and so on. But um, mm-hmm. there's a diverse set of products and services that you're selling. The second one is, of course, some of these other businesses, Home Finance um, and Weaver as well. Talk mm-hmm. to us about that. I understand some of them are headquartered uh, in Mauritius, um, thinking mm-hmm. of Weaver Fintech and also Pay Just Now as well, uh, which mm-hmm. um, is um, sort of growing its points of presence around 3,650 now. And weaver fintech uh, just shy of hundred and forty thousand customers
1: yeah so um with regards to the the acquisition um, of the pay just now um which um, allows customers to buy um immediately and also receive um, receive their retail goods um by making um three equals in payments upfront um so this is obviously quite an, quite an innovative one so um if they actually have partnerships with us like over 100 suppliers and 100 retailers. Um, If you go to the the, the website, it obviously has an immense amount of suppliers and obviously operators, um, where it allows consumers who don't have access to the full amount, um, allowing them to make interest-free three installments. So I think this is obviously quite innovative and has been taken up quite well, particularly by a lot of the retailers and a lot of the um, service providers that they currently Mm. have on their platform. Um, And with regards to Weaver, as you were indicating, they saw um, consumers increase by over 30%. Um, So this is obviously a a division that has grown handsomely and that they've obviously seen and tapped into quite um, handsomely. Um, As you recall, particularly with with regards to their retail division, um, previously, as we've spoken, um, I think in many other occasions, that business was very much um, reliant, particularly on the post office. Uh, But I think what's happened in the last few years is that they're expanding, particularly in some of the the townships where they've um, put um, containers where and expanding containers where people order, um, they obviously, they their purchases and, and click and connect. And obviously, the deliveries are made and collected at these um, containers um, at the respective places. So mm. they've obviously um, gone to their market um, consumers where they are currently present and, and obviously making it easy and obviously being less reliant on the post office um, has been obviously... And they've
0: obviously tapped into that very handsomely. Yeah, yeah. Let's shift away, I guess, from the world of retail and uh, take a a brief look at uh, BHP, Diversified, uh, you know, industrial... Well, Diversified Minerals (laughs) Player, if I can put it that way. Uh, And it seems, you know, if if you look at their statement, you kind of get a sense of uh, their own assessment of operating and market conditions for a wide range of commodities. Let's start off there with coal, both the stuff that... Is used to make iron ore in the form of coking or steel, I should say, a coking uh, coal, and then of course uh, the coal that's used to power uh, all of our energy needs. Uh, yeah, massive spike in the prices of that. Uh, we're seeing thermal coal hovering at around 400 US dollars a ton. Uh, it was, you know, just over 100. US dollars a ton uh, just over a year ago. So it's certainly been a massive rally. We also saw it in the numbers of Tungela yesterday uh, that came out. Yeah, what do you make of this?
1: Yeah, so as you said, the diversified miner um, came out with some of the decent um, all-time, particularly highest ever four-year profits on record, um, due to what you have, um, have alluded to, the high commodity prices, particularly um, with making reference to coal. Um, so BHP, as you know, is one of the biggest mining uh, miners, particularly by market value. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it reported a net profit um, of just over $30 billion um, for the fiscal year through June, um, up from a profit of about $11.3 billion. Um, but I think this number um, very much includes uh, results in terms of um, they recently made an exceptionally gain of about $7.1 billion, um, with obviously the purchase of particularly the merger of the petroleum business um, of Woodside. So that does include that number. But these numbers are quite decent. So BHP um, did return a record amount of cash, particularly also to, to investors, um, the surging coal prices, um, having helped um, the world's biggest miner. Delivering about uh, 26% increase, particularly in annual profits. Um, but I think where the earnings um, in BHP's business came from was particularly in the 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 the, the coal, uh, which you have mentioned. Um, so we've seen, uh, like you said, um, to yellow report last week, and we've also seen Glenn Course report. Um, also very much in the coal business last week, um, indicating particularly in businesses that are very much dominant in the coal businesses, benefiting particularly from the surge um, in coal prices um, as a result of the the conflict in Ukraine, um, which has unfortunately has crippled exports from Russia. Um, so these companies, diversified miners, have obviously picked up on that. Um, particularly some of that slack that has um, come to um, increasing their and also delivering profit uh, all-time profits mm. um, for the for the respective companies. Um, but in terms of their coal businesses, um, they're obviously indicating that, particularly with regards to and um, coal, Co, um, they did indicate that um, there has been a few challenges, particularly coming to China um, in terms of the challenges in terms of the Chinese economy and the lockdowns that they had uh, particularly um, coming into the first and second quarter of this year.
0: And, and I guess if we look at some of the other commodity groupings, um, they sort of have a much more bearish outlook on some of the other commodities. Um, I was looking at some of their thoughts insofar as nickel and copper is concerned. Um, and aside, I guess, from the fact that a lot of us are expecting that prices are going to surge for copper and nickel on the back of you know, electric vehicles and massive uh, you know, electrification and the role they play in green energy as well. Uh, BHP, it seems here, is quite bearish on its outlook in the short term, uh, seeing uh, the deficit in the market uh, for copper and nickel normalizing somewhat and uh, I guess also prices softening somewhat.
1: Yeah, so um, BHP did indicate, um, particularly in the long term, um, prospects for um, nickel and copper um, will be obviously Benefit particularly from the uh, transition um, to um, electrified mega trade um, mm. that they're currently seeing. Um, but they also did indicate that they are also seeing um, metals moving out of the deficit, uh, particularly um, as supply improves. Um, but I think particularly pertaining to the other commodities, um, such as steel, um, where um, very much uh, the the, the, company, the company did provide obviously quite a glooming um, particularly update on that because they've indicated that um, particularly the the China construction and property sector, um, that hasn't obviously um, come out of the pre-COVID level. Um, So that sector continues to be um, significantly under pressure. Um, So that has obviously dampened um, their results, particularly the the outlook, particularly for the the steel resources going forward, Um, but also the competition and the macroeconomic environment that they're currently seeing um, on developed markets Economies where interest rates are um, currently increasing, and um, they are very much cautious in terms of how that will play out um, going forward.
0: And then, I guess, just uh, while we're still on this story, the um, sort of their own analysis of what uh, growth will look like, and uh, by extension, demand for commodities coming out mm-hmm. of China, um, especially insofar as iron ore and steel is concerned. I mean, we've seen uh, during the pandemic. Runaway iron ore and steel prices, they've softened somewhat uh, in the last year or so, uh, or last, I guess, 10, sort of 8 to 10 months or so. Uh, What do they make of uh, the impact that um, sort of rolling uh, uh, COVID-19 lockdowns in China Mm -hmm. might have uh, on the construction and, uh, you know, property and other sectors in China which are massive drivers of the demand for steel?
1: Yeah, so um, in terms of um, the de- developed market um, economies, uh, they do expect a slowdown um, in these advanced economies as monetary policy tightens um, and also the ongoing geopolitical uncertainty and also the inflation pressures um, that we all currently um globally. Um, but I think the, what they did allude to in their statement was that um, the direct and also indirect impacts of the, the energy crisis, particularly in Europe, um, is obviously a particular concern. Um, as we know, the the gas, uh, um, natural gas um, challenges that they've had in the Europe. Um, so in order for that to take place, they are ca- currently watching the, that quite cautiously. Um, they also did indicate that tight um, labor markets will also remain a, a challenge going forward um, for global and also local supply chains. Um, they've indicated that um, COVID-19 infections, particularly coming to China, um, will continue to occur um, in communities where they currently operate. However, they did indicate that they will uh, be monitoring that um, quite um, closely. Um, With regards to China, uh, BHP did indicate that it expects China um, to actually merge um, as a source of stability um, for commodity demand um, in the year ahead. And with regards to um, policy progressively taking hold um, going forward.
0: Mm -hmm. And then what's happening to the Ghanaian Sedi? Now that's the, uh, for the people, for some of our listeners who might not be familiar with what we're talking about there, that's the uh, currency in, of the West African nation of uh, Ghana, uh, which is grappling with inflation in the territory of around 30%. It's prompted, uh, yeah, their monetary authorities to convene some emergency meetings. Uh, what's the background here?
1: Yeah, so um, Ghana's central bank um, has indicated that they are planning on emergency meetings. Um, as you've indicated, the Ghana currency... Um, has fallen and dropped quite ex- um, excessively. Um, year to date, it's dropped by 35%, um, making it also one of the world's um, worst um, co- uh, currency worst uh, performers in currencies um, year to date. Um, so this is obviously taken back in terms of what's happening in the in the country. Um, um, Ghana has obviously had high debt levels, um, but also inflation has obviously taken um, quite a hit, particularly on the economy. Um, the central bank has increased interest rates um, since November of last year by 550 basis points um, just to curb the inflation, um, the high inflation that they've seen. So the last reported inflation number that they um, did report on in July um, came up to about 31 um, percent of inflation. Um, So the nation is grappling with that and the central bank and the MPC are trying to monitor that. Um, But I think what is more pertinent is What is Ghana actually doing? Um, I think authorities indicated that they have been obviously issuing short-dated securities um, just to help it in terms of the economy economy and also to get some funding um, for some of the spending that the government needs to do. Um, But unfortunately, countries, developing countries, emerging countries such as Ghana um, have unfortunately Mm. also been um, locked out, particularly coming to um, shut out, particularly coming to global market bonds. Um, as yields on its foreign debt um, has topped 20%. Um, so that is affecting um, them getting more financing um, from other countries. Um, so they did indicate um, that the West African country um, has been negotiating a number of bailouts um, with the IMF, um, International Monetary Fund, and also did recently receive an approved $750 million loan um, from the African Export-Import Bank. Uh, but I think this country um, and many other emerging market countries due to the interest rate hikes that we've seen, particularly on the Fed, um, but also the inflation pressures that are currently taking place um, is very much hampering, hampering their um, ability to pay back their debts.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, now I guess the, the other issue, I mean, just for the purposes of some of our listeners, I, I'd be quite interested in, in trying to understand what, what, what does the Ghanaian economy generate much of its foreign reserves on? Because I think a big part of the shock has been the rising cost of certain import requirements that they would have had due to the Ukraine-Russia crisis, uh, and then add to that, of course, uh, whatever domestic challenge there might be for whatever it is they would have used to earn their foreign exchange. What, what is it? Is it just primary commodities, agriculture? What is it?
1: Yes, it's a combination of uh, quite of uh, some of the resources that they currently um, do have within the economy. Mm. Um, but I think what's the biggest component um, has been um, the plunging currency, unfortunately, has not um, helped at, at all. Um, surging prices, declining foreign um, exchange reserves, um, has, has been the biggest um, detractor, particularly for this country. But I think also, um, the IMF indicated um, that the second-largest economy, the, um, Ghana, indicated that um, that. These are some of the challenges that the country is facing, um, which has obviously prompted a lot of the ratings agencies, such as your Fitch and your S&Ps, also just to um, downgrade their sovereign credit, um, credit rating um, to junk, um, just de- therefore um, providing further um, strain particularly to some of these um, economies. Um, so Ghana, unfortunately, has not been buffeted by high commodity prices and also surging um, borrowing costs, they have to obviously pay back some of these um loans in dollars and with the increase in um rates in the US um, mm. has obviously unfortunately ha- has not helped. And also with the strengthening of the dollar um has also curbed um particularly this. So they have um opted to obviously um use some of, um, instruments called um syndicated loans, um, uh, which are often shorter term loans um, and obviously shorter than um bonds. Um but I think this is obviously one of the mechanisms that they're obviously trying to um, to help them um, obviously raise more funds in order to just um, assist them, particularly in their fiscal monetary um, policy.
0: Yeah. Akwana, just as we wrap up, it seems the railway police might be back after an absence of 36 years.
1: Yeah, so Justice and Correctional Services Minister Ronald Lamula um, has given approval for state-owned um, transit security officers to be granted as peace officers. Um, so this will be elevating them from um, the current role that they currently um, play as um, security guards mm. and giving them powers to more comparable that of the natural the police. Um, so um, the minister did indicate that these uh, this particular notice um, as peace officers will allow them to make arrests, um, assist the National Prosecuting Authority with prosecutions, um, and also... And um, give them the authority to search premises, facilities, and people um, in order to complete some of these dockets. Um, so, we all know some of the challenges, particularly with regards to that rail, um, transnational freight rail, and some of the infrastructure um, that has been. Um, stolen in terms of cables that has been um, stolen, and obviously that has taken some revenue, particularly from um, transmit. Um, mm. So when the 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 results were being released um, a few weeks ago, um, the impact was approximately four point one billion. And um, so the transmit security officers will um are what will be going through a rigorous training um in terms of. They're getting them to a certain par a level, and they'll obviously complete their training to be obviously awarded certificates um, after their training. So we mm-hmm. hope this will curb some of the challenges and also the security challenges um, at some of their, their um, infrastructure in South Africa. Yeah, Akonam
0: Lamleli, always a pleasure catching up with you, and uh, thank you very much for your time.
1: Thanks very much for having me.